0: 1 Chronicles chapter 16, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, we're going to read on through verse 4, if you would stand, if you're able, uh, for just a few minutes, I have several verses that I want to read to you, and just kind of set the stage for what's taking place here, and so we see the celebration and the arrangements for the ark coming back, and so it starts in verse 1 of chapter 16, so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it, and they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made the, an end of offering, the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Jump down to verse 7 if you will. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to, thanks, uh, to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye all of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength, remember his face. Continually, if you'll jump down to uh, verse uh, uh, 34, he says this, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name, and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. You may be seated. What an amazing time in the history of Israel. What an amazing time uh, for us to look back upon and the prophecy that is here and the things that we see in these passages and David's desire uh, to really just celebrate the presence of God. And folks, when Jesus Christ came down to heaven, he was in the presence of man (laughs) and we were in his presence for a time and there's coming a day when we'll be in his presence again for all eternity. And so that should be a joyous time in our hearts, and I can understand the joy that was here uh, in the nation of Israel. And you know, folks, I began to really think there is always time to thank the Lord, and there is always something to thank the Lord for every day. Now, I just preached a message on uh, Wednesday night, and it included the verse that we're studying uh, out for this month, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So this week, I have my truck, and... Uh, I I have these two lines, these two uh, power steering lines. I got one out and the other one got stubborn and I broke off an easy out inside there. So I have another step to take now to try to get this thing taken care of. While I was working on that, Brother Dan, the wind started blowing at 55 mile per hour and decided to remove the siding from the side of my house. So that was exciting too. Not only did it remove it, Mrs. Fisher, it splintered it. And Brother Bill, how exciting is it to try to match up siding once it's come off? It's exciting, isn't it? And so I was just preaching that message to you all the other day, and, and, uh, and so I was standing outside, and I looked at that siding, Dominic, and I went, thank you, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> for the siding coming off the house. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is, we have so much to be thankful for. We, our, our worldly possessions can send us in a whirlwind, can't they? They can cause us to go into like uh, a getting uptight. Anybody with me on that? <laughs> You can get a little bit tense about, you know, material things, can't we? And God says, you know what? You have something to thank me for all the time. You know, the presence of God, if you're saved this morning, is with you. (laughs) The Holy Spirit resides in you. And one day we'll be in the presence of God for all eternity. And I thank the Lord for my salvation. You know, gratitude's important, isn't it? And boy, gratitude toward our Savior is just as important. You know, we show gratitude toward one another at times when we show gratitude to man... But I began to think about that thankfulness, that kindness, that generosity that we have, and that tender heart that we should have toward the Lord. And so with the thought of being thankful to others, let us never forget the thankfulness that we ought to have toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continually. It should never cease. It should never stop. When I, when I thought about this, as important as it is to show a spirit of thankfulness to man, and we should be thankful to people when they help us, when they do things, when we're working together, we ought to be thankful for one another. And I got to thinking, let us never forget the importance and how equally important it is for us and more essential it is for us to continuously have a spirit of thankfulness toward our Heavenly Father, always thanking Him. So here we find David celebrating the return of the ark with God's people, and, and there was much thanks to God about this. And the reason is, is it was the return of the presence of God for the people. It was just God being in their presence again. And so it was an exciting time for them. And so I challenge myself as I put this message together, do I maintain, and I'm talking about me now, and you have to decide on your own part, okay? Do I maintain a spirit of thankfulness toward the Lord every day? Do I maintain a spirit of thankfulness toward the Lord every day? Now, this is an exciting time here, and they have every reason to be thankful, but David's trying to promote a continual spirit of this, thanking the Lord continually for who he is and the things that he's done And so I challenge us today, the Lord deserves all the praise, and He deserves all the thanks that we can offer Him every day of our lives. We need to be sharing that with the Lord as often as we can. And I found in this three reasons why we should show that thankfulness to God on a continual basis. One, His ark. Can you say, His ark? Well, Jesus is the ark of the new covenant. Amen. (laughs) And so he's in our presence. He gave us the Holy Spirit of God. And one day we get to sit in the presence of God and stand in the presence of God. Why? Because of the Ark of the New Covenant. Amen. And, and we see the Ark being a representation of Jesus Christ in the past. And we'll show you that in just a moment. The second reason is this, for his goodness. The Lord is good. Amen. We just studied Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good. How many of you believe that today? The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. And we ought to have that attitude and that spirit toward God. God is good, folks. He really is. He is so good to us. And lastly, this, that He has and shows and demonstrates His mercy to us all the time. And we ought to be thankful for His mercy. Amen? God not giving that which we do deserve. And and you think about that at times. There's some things that we do deserve, but He shows His mercy. And He continually shows His mercy to you and to me. And so... For these three primary reasons, that's what we want to speak on this morning, that we ought to have a thankful heart and give thanks unto God daily. So I want to talk about the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here. In verses 1 through 6, he kind of highlights that and speaks about this. And we're able to see the Lord Jesus Christ both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I, you read the Old Testament, you cannot help but see God speaking about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He is uh, foreshadowing all the things that he's going to do. And believe me folks, both the tabernacle and the temple and all the elements there within were a representation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything has to do and points back to Jesus Christ, including what we see here with the ark of the covenant. Jesus said in John 5:39 and I want you to get a hold of this because we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the New Testament And they're always looking at making sure they're always doing the right things and and, and that they elevated themselves to a level of holiness and righteousness that they did not deserve. And Jesus is coming. He's speaking to them at one point here in the book of John. And he said, you guys think you know everything. And here's what he said in John chapter 5 and verse 39. Search the scriptures. He said, search the scriptures. And here's why. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. (laughs) And they are they which testify of me. <laughs> I want you to know this book from cover to cover testifies of Jesus Christ, amen? The scriptures are about him. Everything that God did in the Old Testament was to point those people to a coming Savior. And so therefore, when the Ark of the Covenant uh, comes back to the nation of Israel, it's like the return of Christ. Now in the presence of God, the people are, and one day we'll be in that position, amen? <laughs> and we'll be actually in His presence. Now, the mercy seat was atop the Ark of the Covenant and it signified the place of our Savior and our only entrance in unto God. You see, they would atone for their sin on an annual basis and the Ark of the Covenant is behind the, in the Holy of Holies. And when they opened the curtain and that veil, only one man went in and they tied a rope around his leg when he went in there to offer the blood. And here's why. There's a little bell on his leg and whenever he would go in there to offer it, if there was sin in his life, boom, he'd drop dead. Now, that would be a rough thing to have happen, amen? We'd probably have a lot of dead preachers. (laughs) And and the thing of it is, is that you see that happening, and so they tied a rope around him, so if he went in there and there was sin in his life, and he's trying to atone for the sins of the people by taking in and spreading the sacrificial blood on the mercy seat, and he dropped dead, they would just drag him back out because nobody was going in there. (laughs) And you think about this for just a moment, bringing the Ark of the Covenant back, having the mercy seat there, you see, the mercy seat is Jesus Christ. The blood was sprinkled atop the mercy seat. And what it is, is Jesus' is a representation, or that is a representation of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Nothing has changed our entrance in unto God, and it comes only by way of Jesus Christ, by the shed blood. Amen? Amen. Our entrance in unto Him only comes by way of the shed blood of Christ. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is no different. The Ark was designed to be a symbol of the presence of God in the midst of the people. And uh, uh, and in this situation, the Old Testament teaching of Christ, and one day uh, His bodily presence showed up here on the earth. And here's the thing about the scriptures: the fact is, it says that He's now coming again, isn't He? And you think about all the things that this is predicting yet future here, and yet we already know some of this has been fulfilled because <laughs> Jesus has already come. Amen. He's already died on the cross at Calvary. He's already rose again the third day. He has shed His blood. All this was a representation of that which was to come. (laughs) And all the people were excited because they were in the presence of the Lord. This is a place on the lid that also referred to as the mercy seat. Once a year, that priest would enter into that holy tent and sprinkle the blood from sacrificed animals. and, And it was to atone for the sins of Israel. And Jesus Christ is now that shed blood. This old covenant on the Day of Atonement is no longer needed because Jesus Christ came and died for you and me. His blood was shed for you and me. Now, the once-for-all sacrifice was made. So, was this a wonderful time for them? Yes. Should they praise the Lord for it? Yes. Why? Because God was in their presence. And I'm here to tell you, if you are saved today, God is in your presence. (laughs) He is in you. And so, we have this wonderful blessing of God. Here's what it says in Hebrews. And I challenge you to go read verses 1 through 15 in chapter 9. It's a picture of Christ. And in Hebrews 9, 14 and 15... How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from a dead worse to serve the living God? And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. We are to give thanks unto the Lord, for He told us about the coming of the Savior here in the Old Testament. That's what this is about, <laughs> It's about Jesus Christ. And so when you study your Bible, you begin to understand these things. And so we should thank the Lord that he has shown us his, old, his own son in the Old Testament, but then he fulfilled it in the New Testament. And he fulfilled the idea that no longer do we have to go in and atone for those sins in that fashion anymore. It doesn't have to happen. Boy, we ought to be thankful. Amen? Amen. We're not having to sacrifice animals anymore. We're not having to do that on a continual basis. I mean, can you imagine doing that on a continual basis just to atone for our sins? And yet, why should we be thankful? Well, Jesus took that away. He did that for us. So in John 14, 1 through 3, the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. (laughs) Let not your heart be troubled. How many of you came in here maybe with a troubled heart this morning? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you came in with a troubled heart this morning? Something bugging you, something bothering you, something on your mind. Something, something just overwhelming you. Something that you don't know how to handle it. And I read that verse and it says, Let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> and he goes on and he says, "Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Isn't that wonderful? Do you believe in God? Amen. If you believe in God, believe also in Jesus Christ. Amen? For he is the Son of God. And he goes on and he gives us some encouragement. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know what? The siding blew off my house the other day, but when I get to heaven, there ain't no siding blowing off my house. Amen? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I can't wait till I get to heaven. Uh, right there in that passage, it tells me God is setting up a mansion for me right now. Amen. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he says, I would have told you. Now, I love this. I go to prepare a place for you. <laughs> Jesus loves us so much, folks, that he not only died for us, He's going to prepare a place for us. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, if you talk about having a thankful heart, well, we ought to have a thankful heart, amen? amen? You know, some people fear dying. I'm going to be truthful with you. You know, there's that uncertainty about it, but I don't really fear dying. I think about it this way. One day I'm going to be in the presence of God for all eternity. Amen. And I've seen people just absolutely scared to die, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't frighten of dying. I'm thinking I'm going to be with Jesus for all eternity, And when I look at this, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Now listen, and if I go to prepare a place for you, this is a promise. I will come again. Now when that ark showed up there, can you imagine how excited they were? (laughs) God in their presence again. And here's what he's telling us. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again. And listen to this. That where I am, there ye may be also. He said, I and I will receive unto you unto myself. He said, he's going to take us up there. Now, if that's not a promise, I don't know what is. Now, here's the thing. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament now being brought back into the presence of the people. Amen. When Jesus Christ died, the day you trusted Christ as Savior God entered into you, the presence of God is with you. But one day we'll be in his presence for all eternity. Amen. So you think about the excitement that they had here getting the Ark back and the thankfulness of heart that we should have that God is in our presence daily. Amen. amen? We ought to have a heart for that, and we ought to be thankful to God. When I thought about this, the Lord offers us eternal life through the mercy of His Son, and it's the only way we're permitted entrance in, unto the Lord. Now listen, it's the only way we're really permitted in unto the Lord in prayer, in judgment, and truth, and understanding, and the only way we're getting into heaven, eternal life, amen? You're not getting in any other way. There's no way else to get into heaven. Jesus said in 14.5 of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way people are getting in. No matter what people may think, folks, no matter what they tell you, no matter what God they're serving other than the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no other way to get into heaven but by through Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's the thing. How were those people going to atone for their sin? The Ark of the Covenant had to come back. They're in the presence of the Lord, and the uh, blood had to be shed upon the mercy seat, amen, it had to be sprinkled upon the mercy seat so that they could be forgiven for their sins. Listen, Jesus took all that away <laughs> the day he died on the cross that's, uh, for us. The day he died on that cross that's been taken away. Now, Jesus is the ark of God and the mercy man needs to enter into the presence of God for all eternity. So here's what I share with you. Why don't we maintain a spirit of thankfulness and thank the Lord? I'm thankful that I'm saved. How about you today? <laughs> you thankful that you're saved. Now, here's the thing. I'm saved, and God the Holy Spirit is in me. God is with me. Isn't that exciting? Amen. I have the presence of the Lord, and one day, one day, I'm going to be in His presence for all eternity. Man, what an exciting thought. So, you think these people were excited. Well, David goes on to share some things with them, declaring uh, Christ here in the Old Testament. Uh, this this idea of the new covenant being fulfilled, and the Lord demonstrates his kindness toward each of us every day. Look at what David said in your chapter seven, uh, 16. Look at verse 7 again. Then on that day, uh, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. And he says, give thanks. Give thanks in verse 9, he said, sing unto him. In verse 10, glory in his holy name. Verse 11, seek the Lord. <laughs> it's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? <laughs> And so he says, here's how you go about this. Listen, the goodness of the Lord, you know, it's endless, isn't it? David's recognizing the goodness of God, and he wants the people to demonstrate that thankfulness, that heart, that spirit toward the Heavenly Father. You know, on Thanksgiving, and I got to thinking about this, we had a spread at the house, and I was looking at all the food that's there. I thought, good night. We're never going to eat half of this stuff, you know what I mean? And then I watched uh, on Fox News, it says how many days you can leave stuff in the refrigerator, and I'm thinking, they're wrong. I eat that turkey a week later. <laughs> they said you can only keep it in the fridge for one to two days. Man, I'm still eating turkey sandwiches a week from that. And, uh, but the thing of it is, is that you think about the massive amount of food that you had at your place. A lot of stuff, huh? God is good to the United States, isn't he? <laughs> Very good. And e- even if you didn't have it, maybe you attended someone's home who did and shared it with you. A lot of food. How thankful were we really for all of that? (laughs) The thankfulness of heart, the goodness of God. When I was looking at this, this is a celebration not of the success of the people, but a celebration of the goodness of the Lord. It starts off in verse 2. If you came over here to verse 2, and when David had made an end of the offering, the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. It started over there in verse 2. He started this thing because the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, was there with them again. So the Lord is good and why? Well, God blesses us every day. (laughs) Why is God good? He blesses us every day. Every day of your life that you breathe, God's blessing you. He's doing something in your life, and we ought to be thankful for it. We ought to say, man, thank you, Lord. (laughs) How many of you have had your children come in and say, mom, dad, there ain't nothing to eat, and you know that's a lie. How many of us have done it? There's nothing to eat, and yet our cupboards are full of stuff, (laughs) And we've got nothing to eat. No, we've got nothing that you want to eat, and it didn't come in a yellow wrapper that said cheeseburger on it from McDonald's, right? So that's not food unless I got it that way. But the fact is, is that, boy, God is good to us, is he not? Hey, Chris, you can't count on yourself for those crops to grow. You have to count on God, because you can do everything right and it still go wrong. Couldn't it? you got to count on God to grow those crops, Cause there is nothing you can do. You're not gonna go out there and set and hold a little light under one of them crops and that thing's gonna start growing for you. No, you gotta count on God. Why? Because God made the soil, didn't he? And God made the sun and God made the rain and God did all those things. And for that crop to grow for you, you gotta count on God. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is how many of us really count on God anymore? For what we have? for what's in our presence, for the goodness of God. And here's what he said. And then the recording of the giving of thanks and praise to God. I love this because think about this for just a moment. Now, I want to challenge you in this thought. Not only did they do this in verse 3, and he dealt to every one of them of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. I want to tell you, God is so good to us and he gives us all of these things. And here in verse 4, and he appointed a certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record... I want to ask you, how many of you have recorded and thanked God for the things He's done for you? How many of you have written down and said, God, I am so thankful for these things? Well, I'm thankful for the salvation of my children. Every day I thank the Lord that every one of them has made a public profession of faith. I thank God for that every day. I thank God that my wife makes a profession of faith. I thank God for my salvation every day. What I'm challenging you with is, what do you thank God for every day? Now, every day we can get up and we can have a complaining spirit and we can have a critical spirit and we can have a down in the mouth spirit and we can look like we're sucking lemons all the time or we can get up and thank God for the things He's done for us. (laughs) I think David was at that place. He said, listen, not only are we going to do it, we're going to record this. In other words, we're going to take note of what God's done for us. We're going to take note for the things that God has done for us. Listen, if you have a job in the United States of America, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank God that, that you can pay your bills. You say, well, there's more money than there is money. You ought to thank God for the money that you do have. Amen. And there's more to be made, but I'm sharing with you this. Thank God for the things you have. Sometimes we have an overabundance of things, don't we? We have more than we really need, and we, we see that all, only the need that we have or the desires that we want, but we never think about the goodness of God and all that he's given to us. He said, hey, let's record this stuff. So the Lord is good because why? He blesses his people. You know what else it said? That he appointed ministers over the people. And I thank God for my pastor. I thank God for the years he ministered to me. And I thank God that there was someone there to help me and encourage me and to strengthen me and to preach to me and to do all those things to minister over the work and the people. Then there was the playing of instruments. Singing and praise being given unto the Heavenly Father. And if you want to know if singing is to entertain or singing is to worship, I want you to read a verse here in the Bible, okay? Look at verse 42 with me. If it's for entertainment, we got it wrong. If it's for worshiping, we got it right. Look at verse 42 in chapter 16. It says, And with uh, them, Heman and Jeduthun, with trumpets and cymbals for those that should make a sound, and with musical instruments of who? God. <laughs> We ought to think about what we're using those instruments for. (laughs) And here's the thing. We're singing praise unto God. This is a spirit of thanksgiving unto the Lord, a spirit that is motivated by what the Lord has done and is doing and will do. And we're given this truth in the New Testament. We're told how to worship the Lord in the New Testament. And this was them worshiping God for being in their presence. Now, here's what God tells us in the New Testament in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. 24. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father uh, seeketh sets to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you're able to worship God. And we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? We're told how to do this thing. Oh, the goodness of God. God didn't leave us alone. He gave us himself, the goodness of God. In Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, here's what he tells us. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you. How many of us have our thoughts going down the wrong track on a day? And yet God said... How often are we to be doing this? Look at Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. He said, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about how negative your thinking is sometimes. And God said, change that, didn't he? Change your thinking. Start thinking with me, not against me. God doesn't want you down in the mouth all the time. He wants you to have a spirit of rejoicing in your life. And I think when David saw that ark come and God's in their presence, he was like, this is something we want to take note of. We want to record this. And then we need to get excited. We need to get excited and start singing to God and praising. Listen, he said in verse 8, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing songs unto him, talking of all the wondrous works. When is the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When is the last time you talked to someone about the goodness of God? When is the last time you shared the wonderful works of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, with someone? I'm just challenging us. Listen, God is good, isn't he? And all that we have, and all that is made, and all that we possess, God is good. God has given us these things. In Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him always giving thanks to God. How thankful are you today? What's your spirit like? What kind of joy do you have in your life? Are you thankful for the presence of God in your life today? Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. I'm telling you, there is joy in knowing Christ as your Savior. Knowing that if you were to part this earth, that heaven would be your home for all eternity. Man, there is joy in that. (laughs) And the God's presence is with me, and I will one day be in the presence of God for all eternity. I'm thankful for that, but I want to tell you this, the goodness of the Lord does not cease. The Lord is good all the time. All the time. God is good. When I look at this, this today and in this year to come, how many of you just really challenge your heart to say, you know what, every day I'm going to thank God for something. Every day of my life, I'm going to thank God for something. I'm going to start... Pastor, when I leave this church today, I'm going to thank God for something every day. And listen, I'm going to continue that on all the way through 2020. I'm going to think of everything I can to thank God for every day of my life. The Lord's good. The Lord is good. When I looked at Hebrews 13, 15, the Bible says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. It should never stop. The praise to God should be continual. And and he says, that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. (laughs) The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. The goodness of God is all around us, folks. It's all around us. You know, we're sitting in a fairly nice building this morning and we've got the heat on and everything. You know, there are churches all across the country that are meeting and they don't even have a building to sit in. (laughs) There are churches all across the world that are going to meet today and they don't have this. They don't have what we have. We ought to thank God for what we have. Amen. I mean, we got a nice building, folks. God's blessed us. And listen, we got a lot to be thankful for. And you know, you have hymnals in your pews and you have Bibles in your laps, and most of you have a smartphone in your hand that you could read your Bible from if you want to. We got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. And we got a lot to thank God for. When I look at this, he says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And I challenge you this. Maintain a spirit of thanksgiving toward the Lord. Look at verse 34 there. He says in verse 34 of chapter 16, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is what? Lordy. He is good, isn't he? Now, I love it because he goes on. He didn't leave us there. For his mercy... Endureth forever, doesn't it? The mercy of God. That's the last thing I want to focus on here. The Lord shows his tender heart toward us each and every day. If you look at verses 12 through uh, 36, I mean, he just goes on and on. And David's psalm is just so beautiful. He begins to talk about all the wonderful, marvelous things about God. And so the mercy of the Lord is demonstrated through his actions toward the nation of Israel. But he also shows his mercy to us continually every day. Do you know, folks, how many of you realize that 9-11 could have been a whole lot worse than it was for the United States? It could have been, couldn't it? God showed his mercy, didn't he? There are things that happen in this country that God has really protected us from foreign entities entering into our borders, hasn't he? God's done a lot for the United States. And you look at 9 11, could it have been a lot worse? Sure, it could have been. But I believe that's God's mercy. (laughs) I believe God can cause things to cease. I think He brings things to our attention at times. And when I look at this mercy, the kindness and favor of God toward us, when you think about it, it's immeasurable. You can't can't really measure how merciful God is. When when you think about it, not only is it immeasurable, it's continual, it seems to be perpetual, it doesn't stop. (laughs) And I look at it, and I'm saying, man, not only that, but here's the mercy of God. It's also eternal, isn't it? (laughs) He's given it to us for all eternity. And he says, I'll save your soul from an eternal hell, and I'll give you an eternal heaven. What do you need to do? trust my son who shed his blood. Hey, listen, the presence of God in our life and us being able to be in the presence of God for all eternity, why? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. Let me tell you something, David did not misunderstand what was happening there. He very clearly understood what God was doing. And he began to praise God for all his goodness, and we ought to praise God for all his goodness. And David comes down here in verse 34, and he says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy. It never stops. (laughs) It endureth how long? Forever. It's not going to stop. It is not going to stop. There is the subject brought about regarding all that the Lord has done to demonstrate His mercy to His people. If you read just verses 12 through 14, look, He said, Remember His marvelous works that He had done, his uh, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be mindful always of his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. And it goes on and he doesn't stop. I mean, he is praising God for everything. And God being in their presence. This is a reminder of the works and the judgment of God and the display of his mercy. And then be mindful. Be mindful, he says in verse 15. Be mindful how mindful of you are, are you of the Lord on a daily basis? How mindful of you are of God in His presence in your life daily? How mindful of, are you of that? How, how much have you set your mind to that on a daily basis? Thinking about God. Thinking about Jesus Christ. Thinking about your relationship with Him. Thinking about the goodness of God. Thinking about the mercy of God. Thinking about the presence of God in your life and your life in His presence for all eternity. How many of us even think on those things? And the power of all of that, to accomplish all of that. His power, his might, his mercy. You see the covenant of God and the confirmation of the covenant through Jacob. God repubed others, showing his mercy to Abraham and his lineage in Romans 8.31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us. Isn't that wonderful? If God be for us. How many of you know the rest of that verse? (laughs) Wow. Do we have something to thank God for? If God be for us, who can be against us? When I think about that verse, this is God's mercy for you and me. Now, because of God's mercy, we're to do the following. We're to be thankful. Thankful for his presence in your life. If you're here today and you're saved, you ought to say, Lord, thank you for your presence in my life. God, thank you that you saved my soul and that one day I'll be in your presence for all eternity. Thank you, Lord, for the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for all that you do for me each and every day, Lord, for all the wonderful and marvelous gifts of our Savior. You know, this morning I got up and it felt like spring today. Didn't it? (laughs) I mean, you went outside. I walked outside and I said, thank you, Lord. And we're singing it, aren't we? Man, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so free. Isn't that wonderful? We ought to thank the Lord for these things. and we come to this time, I'm going to read something to you. I want you to turn to the Psalms. And we're going to end it with this this morning. Turn to the Psalms with me. Psalm 136. Psalm 136. That's all right. I can't get it off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Psalm 136. How many of you are there? Amen. In Psalm 136. If there's any psalm that you could read every day, this would be a good one to read every day. I'm going to read it to us today. I'm going to read the whole thing to us, okay? But I want you to read this psalm with me. I want you to pay attention to what God's saying here, okay? So let's look at it together, Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Did we just hear that somewhere? We just heard that, didn't we? Over in Chronicles of all places, David speaking. O give thanks unto the Lord God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of the lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, For his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people, Through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Shehan, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever, and Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever, and gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever, even an heritage unto Israel, his servants, for his mercy endureth forever, who remembered us in our low estate for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. He giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Do you know, folks, all of that pertains to us too? Not just the nation of Israel. Because has Christ overcome the enemy of man? He's given us the victory, hasn't He? For His mercy endures forever, doesn't it? When you look to the Scriptures and you see the mercy of God and the power of God, I want to remind you that you have so much to thank God for. I mean, He even thanked Him for the sun and the moon and the stars, didn't He? And He thanked Him for the food that all flesh hath to eat. But He also thanked Him for overcoming the enemy and being the salvation of the people in the nation of Israel. By the way... Jesus has overcome the enemy. And he is the salvation of man over the enemy. He's done this for you and for me. Do we have the mercy of God in our life? Oh, we ought to be thankful. Amen? We ought to be thankful. Maintain a spirit of thanksgiving toward the Lord, for he deserves it. So, can we say this year, as they say back here, blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. (laughs) Can you say that in your hearts and mean it? God bless, uh, God, uh, the, the, the God of Israel will be blessed forever and ever. Could we have that spirit? Could we have that heart? Could we have that spirit that God loved us so much that he deserves our praise continually? Let's pray. Father, we thank you.